Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, Can Torah Study Also Be Equal to All Other Commandments? And we began last week sharing how mitzvot, the action, Hashem wants a dwelling place down here, and the dwelling place happens through commandments. And we share it through action. And we shared how charity is the ultimate action because you invest your whole life into it. The entire day is invested in it. But how could Torah study have action in it? How could Torah study be equal to all other mitzvahs? Zev, is the question clear? Mm -hmm. And so we gave one answer last week, which was... We have a godly soul, we have an animalistic soul. The godly soul is not here for itself. The godly soul is here purely to fix the animalistic soul. And action could only, action could only refine... There's three garments of the soul, which are thought, speech, and action. So speech and action, they could be refined through mitzvot through giving tzedakah but thought can't be refined through that specifically Torah study is able to refine your thought and speech you learn Torah, you understand it, you think about it that's what we learned last week today we're going to learn that when you study Torah you draw down Hashem in a level that mitzvot can't come close to let me give you an example. We learn that the 248 mitzvot are the 248 limbs of the king. The Gabbai says every Shabbos that Ramach, right? You say the Mishaberach Zev, you say that we want a, a person to be healed in his Shasag Gidim, Ramach Ivar, Shasag Gidim. Do you say that? Is it only during the week? It could be only, actually only during the weekday. You say that a person has 248 limbs. And we learn that the 248 positive mitzvot correspond to the 248 limbs of Hashem. So in summary, if you want to draw down Hashem into this world, how do you connect to His Hashem's, so to say, hand? By doing a mitzvah connected to Hashem's hand. How do you connect to Hashem's, so to speak, feet? By doing a mitzvah connected to His feet. Torah study is connected to which part of Hashem? If we're saying that each mitzvah connects to a different part of Hashem, Torah study connects to, so to speak, Hashem's brain. As it should. As it should. So if you want to connect yourself with Hashem's brain, that is going to be through Torah study. Let's see that inside again. Well, we're going to learn that Torah study is equal to all commandments because you connect with the level of Hashem. The mitzvahs can't come close to you. Connect with, so to speak, the brain of Hashem. Again, page, chapter 37, page 178, left-hand column, pot, bottom paragraph. Furthermore, and this is the most important aspect of all, in the preeminence of Torah study over all other commandments, what is the most important thing when we say that Torah study is more important than all other commandments? Based on the above-mentioned quotation from, from the Tikkunim. What is Tikkunim? Tikkunim is a Zohar. We'll understand this idea that Torah study is equal to all other commandments based on the Zohar that says the 248 commandments are the 248 organs of the king. Each mitzvah is a different limb of Hashem. So if you want to understand Hashem, look at yourself. 
the way a human being is, that's a reflection of how Hashem is. And that's what we say now. Just as in the case of a human being, by way of example, in a human, there's no comparison or similitude between the vitality that is in its 248 organs and the vitality that, that is in the brain. Right? The energy that's inside of your toes can't be compared to the energy inside of your brain. Even the energy inside of your nose can't be com- or, or your mouth can't be compared to the energy inside of your brain. I.e. the intellect and, accord- and Tanya teaches us, Kabbalah teaches us, that your intellect is how many parts? That's the name of this organization. Chabad has Chachma Bina and Das. You're in... And that's what Tanya says. The intellect which is subdivided into the three faculties of Chabad. Just like in a human being, you can't compare the energy within the brain to the energy within the rest of his body. Exactly analogous by way of example. Exactly the same, yet removed by myriads of distinctions that ad infinitum. In other words, Hashem is a reflection of us, but the separation of us to Hashem is, is ad infinitum. What does that mean? That means we're a microcosm of Hashem. But that microcosm, you can't, even, you can't even start to share how distance it is. And that's what we say. Is the, yet removed by myriads of distinctions ad infinitum, is the illumination of the light of the angels, blessed is he, that is closed in the active precepts and the mitzvot, compared with the illumination of the light of the angels, blessed is he, in the Chabad aspects of the wisdom of the Torah. You can't compare the energy of Hashem you're drawing down in a mitzvah to the depth of the energy you're drawing down when you're learning, studying Torah in each man according to his intelligence and mental grasp. We don't all understand Torah on the same level. So the deeper level of Torah you understand, the deeper of level of Hashem's wisdom you're grasping. Okay, so now we have a little bit of a challenge. The challenge is that Torah study is very coarse. Right? Torah study is extremely coarse. What's one of the first Mishnayos you teach a child? You teach a child if one ox scores another ox. So if it happens one time, or up to three times, you only need to pay half the damage, three times the full damage. Is this Hashem? Hashem is in the ox? What's another Mishnah we teach children? We teach children... There's four types of damages, right? There's four ways to cause damage. Fire, pebble. The mission says four different ways. Fire, stepping. Is this where Hashem is? is fair question, Mark? It's a fair question. Are you going to say that Hashem's ultimate wisdom is, is down inside of... Let's take another Mishnah. What's another Mishnah? Now the Mishnah is Sukkah, the, the, the specific height of the Mishnah, that's where Hashem's ultimate wisdom is? Oh, um. It's a difficult question to answer. And it's probably here in the It is? Okay, we'll get to it, Zev. What's the answer? The, the answer question is yes. The answer is yes. How could the answer be yes? We learn that Torah is like water. Water, it goes from the top of, from the top of what the, Multnomah falls to the bottom. And if you're standing at the top and you taste the water, it's going to taste the same as at the bottom. 
So Torah study is the same. Yes, although down here there's a lot of detail, it's exactly Hashem is it's exactly the same Torah the way it is within Hashem's deepest intellect. That's what Tanya says. And although its apprehension is only in its material aspects, yet the Torah is likened to water, which descends from a high level to below, as has been explained above, like we learned previously in chapter 4. So yes, the details have Hashem within it. So what we've learned currently is that the deepest levels of Hashem, Hashem's wisdom, come in in Torah study. Okay, so now we have a problem. What comes first? The study of Torah or mitzvot? Last week we learned if you want to bring Hashem down into this world, you have to do mitzvot. You want to make a dwelling place for Hashem, it's in the mitzvot. Now we're saying that Torah study is the deepest level of Hashem. So where do we go with this? And we're going to learn it's not a contradiction. You need the house. But if you have a house... You need the chicken to have the egg. (laughs) Just like you need... Similar. You need a house. But once you have a house, you need to make it beautiful. And I know your, your analogy as well, but it's a little different. You need a house and then you make it beautiful. So what we're going to learn is, if there's no house, make the house first. But if someone else could do the house and you make it beautiful, for example, let me give you an example. What about if someone is in need, is someone not feeling well and they need food? A big mitzvah? So, if no one's going to do it, do the physical mitzvah that's most important. Make that dwelling place for Hashem. But if someone else will do it, and you can now learn Torah and draw down the depth of Hashem, then you go ahead and do the Torah study. That means, that's what we learn. If someone else could do the mitzvah, then you go ahead and continue studying Torah. Because the study of Torah connecting to the depth of Hashem is of extreme importance. But it's secondary to making the house. Zev, what's the question? But people go around on purpose looking for exotic mitzvahs to do, like the eggs of a, of a bird and just, just, just searching out or you know, be as accomplished as many mitzvahs as possible. All they have to do, though, sit down and learn. They don't have to walk around the woods. The only exotic thing I do is I come here every Monday night. Good and I achieve it. Well, that's ever asking a good question. There are some people that go crazy to do mitzvahs. A few, a few thoughts. Thought number one is, it's interesting, you chose the mitzvah of sending away the mother bird. And actually, I myself looked into it. And let me tell you why I looked into it. We just learned that each mitzvah has a special energy. In other words, the mitzvahs you don't do Perhaps you're lacking that energy. You know, if, you have, if there's a rare mitzvah, you know, I, I made a big effort when I was in Crown Heights to go to Chalitza. Are you familiar with what Chalitza is? Chalitza, it's, it's, a, sad, it's a sad story. But, but actually, the Torah says, when it's done, it should be in, in, in public, when unfortunately a, a woman was married to a man, the man passed away before they had a child, and there's a brother who could marry her. So that brother, today, according to the Torah, the brother is half married to her. The moment the, the, older, the, the other brother, the moment Reuven passed away, there's already a legal stati- married status between the single brother and her. And actually, if they don't want to get married, it's, almost, it's, it's a minor divorce. It's called chalitza. There's almost a um, Now that... That action, I was going to call it ceremony, but I don't know. that action of chalitza, it's a, 
it's a really there is reason for it, it's a special occasion it's a, it's a very interesting occasion but it's in a sense a special occasion actually the Torah says everyone should come and watch it um, yes there's a special fan, there's a special made shoe for the occasion and the woman spits in the shoe what if he wants to marry her what happens then today unfortunately we don't allow it but according to the Torah that's a mitzvah the mitzvah they should be married Why did I bring this up? Because you're asked, there, there is something we're learning. Every mitzvah has a unique energy that only that mitzvah has. So to do a mitzvah once, there's, such, there's, such, there's a certain Indian. Now, however, the idea to ignore Torah study and run around and do mitzvahs, if someone else can. So let me re rephrase this. If someone else is running around to do mitzvahs in the place of another, in the place of another, then we say, no, no. You study Torah, let someone else worry about it. But if there's no one else, then actually that's correct. The observance of mitzvahs comes first. But you can't have somebody Shomer Shabbos if you are doing something else. I mean, there are mitzvahs that you have to do personally. For example? Like, lots of them. I don't know. Pidyon Haben. You can send somebody running around. But, but what you just said is that the Torah study out Mitzvot that could be done by somebody else. The, the specific terminology, and we'll see it in a moment in, inside, is um, the specific terminology is when the precept is one that can be performed by others. So one does not interrupt the study of the Torah. So you gave examples where it cannot be done by others. And where it cannot be Some, done by Somebody can, can get you married by proxy. So actually, there's a mitzvah, mitzvah boy, it happens to be by marriage, you could, but the mitzvah is more you than someone else. So we're talking about a story which would be like, God forbid, if someone passed away and there's others to deal with it, so then you don't need to go and run to do, deal with it. If there's nobody else, you need to run to deal with it. Yes, Dr. Madeline. Oh, why, why is it no longer incumbent upon the brother to marry the widow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for, I forget exactly why. But there's something about today's time period that we say it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see this inside. Page 178, bottom of the right-hand side. Nevertheless, although the study of Torah is much deeper than the, than the performance of mitzvahs, nevertheless, the rabbis declared, not study... But doing is the essential thing. Lo medrash ikr el The main thing, and the Rebbe would often say this, a famous quote of the Rebbe, and that's why the, well, that's why the Rebbe sent out shluchim to places. Because the Rebbe said, Torah study is not the main thing, rather the deed, if no one else could do it. It is also written this day to do them. In other words, we need to do. There has to be the action. And it has been ruled that one should interrupt the study of the Torah in order to fulfill an act of precept that cannot be performed by others. If there's a mitzvah, a mitzvah say that no one else can do, only you, so you stop studying, you stop the study of Torah. Why? This is now going to conclude what we began a few chapters earlier because Hashem wants us to make a house. For this is the whole man and the purpose of his creation and his descent to this world. Why was man created and why did man come into this world? In order that he, Hashem, have an abode here below. 
the reason you and I are here is to make Hashem a dwelling place especially to turn darkness into light we're here to take the darkness and make it light so that the glory of the Lord shall fill all of this material world we're taking this world and making Hashem come into this world with the emphasis on material you see the study of Torah you're not bringing Hashem into the material you're bringing Hashem still within the more spiritual into your mind and if, but if we want to bring Hashem into the material world, we have to do material, material deeds, physical. And like we learn when Mashiach comes, and together all flesh will see, as has been discussed above. When Mashiach comes, it's not going to be all spiritual, it's going to be physical. The eye will see God. If you want the eye to see God, we need to do things that are connected to the physical world. So therefore, the first thing is action. If no one else... But that's such a poor excuse. If no one else, well, nobody else wants to do it for whatever reason. And you are the man, right? People just... Let's learn the next paragraph. If it doesn't answer your question, I'll be happy to. On the other hand, when the precept, when the mitzvah is one that can be performed by others, someone else can, one does not interrupt the study of the Torah. Don't stop studying Torah. If you're in, if you're in a class... And you get a buzz right now that there's a mitzvah to be done, but someone else can do it. Don't leave the class. Though the whole Torah is, after all, only an explanation of the act of ordinances. This is a fascinating point. The Torah is only a manual. Right? When you buy a watch, how many, how many of you have looked through the Apple iPhone manual? I personally have never looked through it. The Torah is just the Apple iPhone manual. Right? Hi, Michael, come, come. The, the playbook. The Torah is just what? It's the playbook. Yeah, it's the guidebook. It tells you how to play the game. The Torah says, you want to know how to put on tefillin? Okay, learn to read the Torah. So, this is just re-emphasizing that the commandments seemingly are first. Right? The Torah tells you what to do. So it's just your manual. However, even though it's only in a sense your manual, but if someone else will do, will do the will know how to play the game, let them play the game. And you read the manual. You, read, you learn the Torah. Well, the reason is, it's not just a manual. A manual is, is second, it's, it's nothing. If you, if you know how to play it, it's not just a manual. In addition to telling us how to do mitzvot, the Torah is, as it were, the Chabad of the angel. blessed is he. The Torah is the wisdom of Hashem, the Chachma, the Bina, the Das. And when a person is engaged in it, when you're engaged in the study of Torah, this very minute when we're learning Tanya, he draws over himself the light of the Ein Sof, the light of Hashem, blessed is He, of an infinitely higher order and splendor than the illumination and influence obtained through the commandments. So when you, when you go ahead and you do the mitzvah, you're drawing Hashem into the physical world. But that's not a deep level of Hashem. If you want to draw down the Raise, so to say, of Hashem, you need to learn Torah. So just kind of to reflect, when you're bringing down the brain of Hashem, however, you're only bringing it into this, to your, into, within your own brain, which is more spiritual. However, the mitzvahs, when you do them, you're bringing it into your whole body, into the physical. And Rav Sheshis used to go around and say, in Aramaic, Rav Sheshis was an Amora. He was one of the authors of the Gemara. And he had a quote he used to say. 
let me just find it. His quote was in the Hebrew. I want to read it for you. He used to say, let's read it in the English. Now, this is what Rav Shesh meant when he said, Rejoice, O my soul, for you, for my soul, do I learn scripture. And for you, for my soul, do I learn Mishnah, as is explained elsewhere at length. Rav Shesh was saying, The soul is the one who gains when you study Torah. The body is going to be happier when you do mitzvot. To refine the body that's through mitzvot, the soul, however, is extremely excited when you draw down the wisdom of Hashem through Torah study. Now, Zev Chaim, tell me the question. Well, I heard that the Hasidim were not exactly trying to follow the Nisan, the Yeshivas. Right? Okay. Go straight and do something, do the mitzvahs. That's how I always understood it. I don't understand. Are you saying that the Hasidim weren't serious about the observance of mitzvahs? Right. And they, they were sort of, I wouldn't say derogatory, but they were trying not to do in this yeshiva world, the way... Zev, I'd like to say it the way I'm familiar with, and the way I've studied it. I've actually spent some time on this. The Hasidim, what did the Hasidim not do, and what did they do? What the Hasidim did not do is serve Hashem out of tremendous fear and worry. There was a movement where everyone, they were following the letter of the law so seriously that life was scary. If you didn't make sure that you had the right amount of matzah, then, you, then it was a scary life. And maybe, Hashem's gonna, maybe you're going to be punished for it. So the, the, the negativity within it, they didn't do. However, to fulfill the mitzvah in its fullest, they did out of love. So the main difference is, is whether it was done out of excitement or out of fear. Um, and actually, the Rebbe spoke about this many times. I'll give you an example. We know that there's a, there's a halach in Shulchan Aruch to sleep in the sukkah on sukkahs. And however, Hasidim never did. The Rebbe didn't. And the Rebbe has a long explanation how the ultimate halacha is not to sleep in the sukkah. In other words, whenever there was a question of, of a chassid doing things that seemed not in accordance of halacha, the Rebbe, I, either it was inappropriate, or the Rebbe would explain that there was a misunderstanding of what was being done in halacha. So to say that chassidim didn't take, take halacha seriously, I need, to, I need to seriously argue with. I'm willing for you to show me otherwise. But to the best of my knowledge, that uh, the Hasidim always took halacha seriously, but it was more out of love and passion. Does that make sense? Have you seen differently? I haven't heard of big Hasidic yeshivas, like near yeshiva, you know, just, can you correct me? Of a big Hasidic yeshiva? Big Hasidic yeshivas. Like, tremendous. I'm just not familiar, to be honest. I'm, I'm not... I'm not familiar with that. So the point is that probably very few people were studying, maybe for, you know, to be the rabbonim, or to be the judges, or to be something, but it wasn't... Amongst the Hasidim? Right. Aha, uh -huh, okay, uh, now you're saying a different point, which is also true. Hasidim never stressed the need to be a goin, to be the next, the next leader. 
Hasidus stresses the value of each human being and, and being who you are. So there was this very different stresses. But that does that mean that we didn't stress the value of the observance of Torah and mitzvot? Is it because of the dynasty? It was sort of, you know, generation? No, no, no. It, it was just that... Because the leaders were already born and set. Hasidus, no, no. It was more that Hasidus teaches us that your ultimate purpose is being you. And that there's no need for you to be the next leader of the generation. It, it, it's not what Hasidus tells you. Be the best you. Figure out who you are. And you will be accomplishing the biggest thing in the world. So, different schools of thought. Um, but I, I, but Hasidus absolutely um, mandates the complete fulfillment of, fulfillment of mitzvahs in their entirety. So let, let's recap. And if there's any other questions, again, if you can learn, study Torah, study Torah. But if there's a mitzvah that needs to be done, whether because only you can do it, or it's, it's a better through you, you should do it first. Any, any questions? No, and if somebody else can do it, let them do it so you can study Torah. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, there's a famous, there's a famous uh, Rosh. The Rush is a com- one of the first commentators on the Gemara, a halachic author. And actually his son once wrote him back a letter. He was in yeshiva. And his son once wrote him back a letter that, Tati, I'm doing so many mitzvahs. I'm going to all of the different weddings. I'm going to all of the different people that are being buried. You know, and I remember we studied this in Lent. In other words, understand, you're supposed to be in yeshiva. And he's doing all the mitzvahs. Study of Torah comes first if someone else could do it. Okay. Somebody, but somebody shouldn't, like, uh, when it's time to shake a lulav, for instance, but he's, but he's studying Torah, so he still has to shake the lulav. Right? Nobody else could do it. I mean, you, yeah. all, only you could do it. That's correct. You can't have a shliach shake the lulav for you. The fulfillment of the mitzvah, the physical mitzvah, can only be done by you. You know, but you've brought up, here's an example where I should probably mention at this point about Hasidim. According to Torah law, strict Torah law, there is a custom to daven right away in the morning. And we do see Hasidim always daven later. How could that be? And the kind of what you're saying, like, there's a mitzvah to shake the lulav, to blow the shofar right away. So, if the study of Hasidim is a, is a part of Torah, is a part of Davin. What do I mean? The Gemara says before you Davin, what does the Gemara in Baruchas say? Before you Davin, you can only Davin if you have prepared yourself. That's what Hasidus does. So delaying your prayer because of Torah study, in prepar- because of stor- Torah study associated with prayer is part of prayer itself. If you're learning just Gemara before davening, that's not associated with in preparing you to daven, knowing who Hashem is, then yes, pray first. But if you're learning something that's going to talk about Hashem and prepare you to talk to Hashem, that, then that should come before davening. That's going to prepare you. That, that, that itself is a halacha. The halacha says prepare. That was, that was an interesting point you reminded me of. At times things may not look that, like they're in sync. We're going to now conclude Tanya, this chapter, with, a, with 
one last incredible point about Torah study. When you learn Torah, how do you how do you call somebody? What how, in Hebrew? How do you how do you call someone? What's the word to call? Kore. Yeah. So and how do you say to read? Kore. To read. To read. So for whatever reason, and we all know it's divine providence, the word to read and call is the same word. So Tanya's going to say now, that's intentional. When you read Torah, you're calling Tashem, like a, father, like a son to a father. You're saying, Father, I want to connect with you. When you read Torah, you're calling Tashem and you're connecting. When a, child, when a son connects to his father, he's connecting to the father's essence. When we study Torah... And we're reading Torah, we're Korei, but Torah, we're reading Torah, and we're Korei, but Torah, we're calling Tashem through the study of Torah. Not only are we connecting ourselves to the wisdom of Hashem, we're connecting ourselves to the essence of Hashem like a son to a father. Let's see that inside. This influence and illumination which man, by means of his occupation with the Torah, draws from the reflected light of the angels, blessed is he through the study of Torah this that you, call, that you draw down and causes to shine on his soul and on the souls of all Israel every time you study Torah not only are you bringing Hashem down on you but are you bringing it down on all of Israel which is the Shekhinah and another name for the Shekhinah is Knesset Yisrael what does Knesset Yisrael mean? the fountain of all the souls of Israel as will be explained later in chapter 41 and 52 how do we term this idea of reading Torah which brings the Shekhinah which brings the Knesset Yisrael down here it's termed Korea and in Korea could mean reading but it could also mean calling hence Kori Torah. we're reading the Torah but we're also calling who are we calling? the essence of Hashem by means of the Torah Dr. Malav when you learn with kids we talk about the, the simple Hebrew reading of the Rebbe always stressed the, the, he, the reading of the Aleph base is the most incredible thing each letter has so much meaning but when you read at the Aleph phase, when you read Torah, you're not only reading Torah, you're not only Kore Bat Torah, you're also Kore Bat Torah, you're also calling Tashem. This means that through one's occupation with the Torah, one calls to the Holy One, blessed is He, to come to Him. To use an example, like a person calling his companion to come to Him. Or like a child calling his father to come and join him, so that he should not be separated from him and remain alone, God forbid. When we're reading Torah, we're that child calling to our father and saying, Father, come. That's tremendous. So not only when we study Torah are we connecting with the wisdom of Hashem, we're connecting with the essence of Hashem. And this is the meaning of the verse. The Lord is close to all that call upon Him. And the verse concludes, to all who call upon Him in truth. What does it mean to call Hashem? What does it mean to call Hashem with truth? Everyone else is calling Him with a lie. We say this every day in, in Ashray. You're, you're familiar with the verse, Zev? Karov Hashem l'chol karav ve'emes. Everyone else is calling with a lie? No. Truth applies only to the Torah. The Tanad Ve'elio Zuta chapter 21 tells us that when it says to call Hashem with truth, it means you're calling Hashem with the study of Torah. The meaning is thus rendered in the sense of calling to the Holy One, blessed is He, specifically through the Torah. When you call to Hashem through the study of Torah calling to the essence of Hashem. And it's much greater than prayer. It is different, however, when one does not call through him through the occupation of the Torah, but merrily cries, Father, Father. In prayer, we're more calling, Father, Father, help me. As a prophet laments over him. 
As the Navi tells us, no one calls in your name. As it explained also, what does it mean no one's calling in your name? We daven every day. No, no. Your name is the study of Torah. What's, why is the study of Torah greater than calling to Hashem in prayer? Prayer, in a sense, is selfish. Hashem, give me money. Hashem, please bless me with health. These are good things. But you're thinking about yourself. When you learn Torah, you're thinking about Hashem. It's a much deeper calling of Hashem. You're calling Hashem for Hashem. You're not calling Hashem. It's like the child that called his father because he needs money. You ever had that experience? Mm-hmm. Your child, they call you. Today. And all they really want is your money. <laughs> so you are their father. And they call their father, but they didn't call your essence. They called your pocket. It was, Dad, I'm out of gas. Can I move <laughs> Okay, but they still called you. It's still calling your father. That's prayer. Torah study is calling Hashem's essence. So now, we, now let's, let's, what do we have here? We have that when you learn Torah... you are connecting with the intellect of Hashem, not only the intellect of Hashem, the essence of Hashem. Well, the intelligent person should ponder on this in order to inculcate into himself a great reverence at the time of his occupation with the Torah, as has been previously explained chapter 23. If we think about this, if we think about the connection we, get, get, we connect with Hashem when we're studying Torah, it demands of us a new reverence and a new respect. In other words, we could study Torah by being slouched over and reading a storybook. Or we could say at the moment we're learning Torah, we're connecting with the essence of Hashem. That, that brings a certain fire. Let's summarize chapter 37 and with that we'll conclude. So we began sharing... Actually, we'll just summarize the last piece. The last piece we discussed was the, the greatness of the study of Torah. And that was, number one is, it affects the third garment of the soul, the deepest garment of the soul of thought, and that you connect with the essence of Hashem. At this point, we've, we've concluded, basically, we'll begin a little bit, 38, the idea of the importance of action. At this point, we've said, we've... But we haven't spoken about intent. Is intent important? If it's all about the mitzvah, so maybe the kavana is not important. And that's going to be the next section of Tanya. I want to conclude with a quick story on this topic. There was a child, uh, there was a young adult, who was an apprentice to a blacksmith. He learned everything perfectly, and his teacher said, go open up your own store. And he did. And he failed miserably. Didn't, couldn't get anything right. He went back to his teacher. It, nothing worked. He went back to his teacher and his teacher's like, something's wrong. Let me ch- try it. Try it now. Let me see if it works. And the student tries it and again, it works like magic. So the teacher starts pondering. Well, he says, did you do this? Did you do that? So then he asks his student, he says, did you light the fire under the table? And the student says, I never knew there was a fire. I never saw the fire. Okay, obviously he goes back and he puts in the fire and everything works. And we say this is the example that you mentioned before about Hasidus. We say this is the example of Hasidus. Hasidus is a fire that at times was just, it's always been there, but it wasn't always taught. Old yet to be 40 years old. 
but it was always there. Unfortunately, there came times where the people were being brought up and they just, it, it was so apparent when they were in yeshiva, but it was never told to them clearly that they, they forgot, like that child who didn't, that, like that apprentice who didn't know there was a fire. And so our job is to take the fire and share it with, share it, get it out there, get it out there. Good evening, everybody.